The trouble, my friends, with most of us is that we have a wrong image of what God is like. We do not fully understand his nature and his character. We prefer to see him as an angry God. An angry God, but not a loving, kind, caring father. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins. Good morning, my dear friends. How are you doing today? I trust you're well in the Lord. And so let us prism. Let us rejoice in the knowledge that our Lord God loves us so much and that he is actively involved in every detail of our lives. And so um, in spite of the tough conditions under which we live um, currently, uh, I want us to have faith that God is there with us. He stands with us in our every situation and he'll deliver us in his own good time. What we need is to rest in him and take all our cares and burdens to him. That is basically our message this morning, that we are never, ever alone. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for loving us so much that you give this world the gifts of your very own son, Jesus Christ, that we, anyone who believes in him, will not perish, but to have eternal life. That uh, anyone, everyone who puts their faith in you will have you as his or her father and you take control of their lives you take charge of all our situations and you provide the solutions to all our needs all our struggles and all our concerns what a great God you are what a loving father you are help us to listen and to believe and to put what we hear into practice in Jesus name we pray Amen. So this is the second uh, week of the of the new year, um, and God's assurance is that, as He has been with His people back in history, throughout history, so is He with us today, and. The Gospels, um, as recorded for us in the Bible, and the entire Bible, in fact, gave us this assurance. So let's read Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. That is our text this morning, Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And Mark says... The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
It is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I'll send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make streets paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the, in the Jordan River. John wore uh, clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. If we take the voice that spoke from heaven to be the voice of God the Father, then it is clear that the entire Holy Trinity was present as recorded in these verses. On this occasion of, Christ, of Jesus Christ's baptism, the entire Holy Trinity, that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were present at the same time. This is where the idea of the Holy Trinity uh, comes from. Uh, it is not just a label. And so whatever we have here, whatever is recorded here and our message this morning has the stamp of the entire Holy Trinity. Well, as always, of course, uh, God is one, um, express, I mean, uh, you know, God is three persons and yet he is one. Uh, this is one thing that uh, is difficult to understand but yet, if we don't believe it, then we shall, we shall not be able to understand anything else in this Bible. Now, um, as the crowded lift approached the ground floor, Wairimo had never felt so alone. She had just left the doctor's office with a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. She was devastated. Her life was as good as over. Now, Wairimo had been married for 10 years, and she and her husband had great plans for themselves and their two sweet little children. Where was God? Where is God 
why Rimo wondered. How could he allow such a terrible thing to happen to me? Wairimo asked in her heart. Can God really be trusted? Now Wairimo was not the only miserable person on that lift. With trembling fingers, Onyango was clutching a carton in one hand and a large paper bag in another. Both full of his personal things. He had just cleared his office desk after being given a pink envelope. Onyango had recently bought a car on loan and had plans to get a wife, have kids, climb, climb up the corporate ladder and be successful and prosperous. But the note in the pink envelope had brought all his dreams to zero. Onyango had been fired. God, what have I done to deserve this? Now Mary, on the other hand, was lost in a state of panic. She too had just left the doctor's clinic, but her situation was totally different than Wairimo's. Mary didn't have cancer or any life-threatening condition. Nevertheless, as far as she was concerned, her situation was worse than death itself. Mary was a decent girl and a good Christian too. After dating David, the love of her life for three years, they had been engaged and were planning to get married in the year. Their, their respective parents had blessed their relationship and everything was going according to plan. Well, since they were getting married anyway, Mary had given in, had given in to David's pressure for sex. And now Mary was pregnant. The trouble is, the trouble is, last night, David had broken their relationship, their engagement, and cut off their wedding. What am I to do? What am I to do, Mary wondered. What will my parents and the people in the church think of me? God, where are you? My friends, perhaps you have one time or another felt like Wairimo, or perhaps like Onyango, or even like Mary, or like other persons on that lift who felt like their life had descended to the very bottom of the sea. We all have had crisis points in our lives when there's nothing we can do but cry out to God in pain and confusion. In such dark moments, we have felt all alone and even wondered, is God listening? Does he even care? Well, does God care? Or is he distant, cold, demanding, and judgmental? Now, Mark, in this gospel, says what he has written is good news about Jesus. 
And so there is good news for us all, my friends. There is good news. That is, we, that is what we are here about. Mark tells us in his book, Mark tells us that his book is the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Gospel means good news. The term gospel is not limited to the Bible, actually. In the ancient world, uh, gospel meant the happening of a great event which was going to impact the world. For instance, the birth of a king's son and heir. The coming into office of a new king uh, is another uh, occasion when you know, the good news of what is happening uh, uh, was broadcast all around. And Mark says this is the beginning. Now, something new and great was happening in the world. And that is what Mark was keen to write about, that we who live now 2,000 years later may share in the same good news as a, as, as a time, as, as a people of, uh, of Mark's day. So Mark's gospel reveals two important truths about Jesus. First of all, God, that Jesus is God. Well, God's Son, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. The same one and the same person. Uh, and, and, and this is repeated in, in, in verses 1 and 11 of our reading. Verse 11 is, is God himself saying, this is my son whom I love. Now Jesus shares God's nature and character, therefore, as the son of God. Yet, he is human too, as, as human as we are. He is one of us. He had a mother, Mary. He had a foster fa father called Joseph. Jesus had brothers and sisters. He lived like everybody else. He worked as a carpenter. He ate food and drank water. This is the beginning of a whole new chapter in God's relationship with us. Jesus is God with us. He intends to be personally present in our lives, be involved in our daily struggles, and to offer a practical solution to the problem of our sin. John the Baptist says, you need to confess, you know, all of your sins, and then you have a new life uh, in God. But Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It's a critical uh, teaching of, 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 of the Bible. Now, to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ is to embrace a new way of life. Actually, this new way of life is, is a supernatural way of life. Life in the spirit, my friends. It is to learn or to be taught to live supernaturally. John had already introduced something new. That is water baptism of repentance. I mean, to the Jews. Now, 
someone greater and mightier than John was coming and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does Holy Spirit baptism mean for us then? It's a new experience of God, a new way of experiencing God in our lives. Now, uh, somewhere in the book of John, uh, Gospel of John chapter 14, we are told, the, I mean, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to be united with the Christ, the Father, and the Spirit forever. Now, now we have talked about three characters, Mary, John, I mean, Mary, Onyango, and Wairimo. But let's look at some of the, I mean, a character in the Old Testament, just to underline the fact that it is not just ordinary office workers or ordinary people like us who ask this question, uh, where is God when I need him? Actually, this is our, uh, our topic. Where is God when I need him? Um, this, uh, uh, the story of uh, uh, prophet Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 19, uh, uh, Elijah had an experience very much like the three persons that we talked about a little earlier. As a prophet of God, Elijah had served God diligently. In, in, that, in, in chapter 18, we read of, of his, I mean, Elijah's, great victory over the false prophets of a false god called Baal. Now, his life was threatened by Jezebel. He was in danger. His life was in danger, and there was no other, and there was no one around, apparently. There was no one around to help him. Even God seemed far away. Elijah was forced to run away into the desert, alone, afraid, disappointed, to the point of being angry with God. And his prayer was, I have had enough. Lord, take my life. God taught Elijah an unforgettable lesson at that time. That God is mighty and powerful. He can send thunder. He can send lightning. He can send a storm and earthquake. He can even send fire and all manner of things. But when God finally spoke to Elijah, it was through a gentle whisper. The trouble, my friends, with most of us is that we have a wrong image of what God is like. We do not fully understand his nature and his character. We prefer to see him as an angry God. An angry God, but not a loving, kind, caring Father. God is love, my dear friends. He desires a close and intimate relationship with each other of us, with each one of us. He wants us to know him as a loving, caring Father. When he speaks to his children, God does not speak with the voice of thunder, with the voice of thunder, or earthquake, or fire. Yes, the Bible somewhere in the Old Testament says God thunders, but he only thunders against his enemies. God speaks to us by the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit who already lives in us. If we are in Christ Jesus, 
if we have been baptized by his Holy Spirit. So where is God when we need him? When we suffer or when we suffer pain or loss, or when we are mistreated, hated, persecuted, when we are sick and to, at the point of death, and we have prayed and prayers have been offered for us and there is no change. Friend, if you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, then God is with you, he is beside you, and he is within you. Consider Jesus on the cross and all the pain and suffering he endured for you and me. Yet he spoke to his father because he knew he was right there with him. Father, Abba, Father, why have you deserted me? It is the same for us, my friends. God is ever there in all. God is there in all our situations. And all we need is to learn to listen to his gentle whisper. Not thunder, not earthquake, not lightning, not storm. That is the good news about Jesus Christ. God uses every situation for our good, my friends, even our trials, even our pains and suffering. God uses all these situations for our good. Therefore, Brother James says um, that we should be joyful. When we face many trials, I mean trials of many kinds, because the testing of our faith produces perseverance. Paul, on the other hand, in, in, in the book of Corinthians, says that everyone goes through certain temptations, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. What is your present situation, my friend? What is your present relationship with Jesus? Is Christ in you or he is not? Where, to whom do you turn when you are in trouble? When you are in need, when you are in danger, when you are sick, or when you are, you are, I mean, a close relative or a friend is sick, when the world seems to have abandoned you, including family and friends, to whom do you turn for help? The good news is that if you don't know Christ already, is that he is ever knocking at the doors of our heart. And he says, whoever hears my voice and open the door, I shall come into him and he with me. And we shall dine together uh, in, 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 the, in his kingdom, in his kingdom, you know, at his second coming. The good, news, the good news is that if you ask Christ right now to come into your heart, he will. Now, um, our reading says John the Baptist taught um, a, 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 a gospel of repentance and forgiveness. And so did Jesus. That is the good news. That whatever you have done, whatever load of shame and sin that you, 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 you bear, 
All you need to tell God is, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, that he came to, to, the world, to, to this world to save me from my sin and from hell's fire too. Confess your sins because we all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And ask Jesus to come into your life. And he will be your friend. He will be your savior and Lord. He will not just come beside you, but he will come inside you. And so whenever you have you face challenges, Jesus is there with you. Suffering with you, weeping with you, and also helping you out. Let us maintain this stand, you know, stance. Let us uh, maintain this um, this situation throughout this year and the year um, uh, to come. Let us never try to live alone. Let us not struggle alone. Jesus is there waiting to help. Jesus is there waiting to save and to forgive our sins. Why don't you just invite him into your life just now, my friend? Tell him, Jesus, I have sinned and fall short of your glory. And I have the gospel, the good news about you. And I do understand that you forgive sinners like me. I confess, I confess my sins to you right now. Forgive me. Fill me by, by your Holy Spirit. That's why it takes even fewer words, by the way. All you need is faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for you and for me. Friend, my brother and sister, that is the good news. If you don't believe it now, if you do not seize this opportunity to accept the gift of God in Christ Jesus, you may never get another opportunity. May God bless you. Thank you for listening. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ <coughs> to bring this good news and to make it a reality. Help us all, O oh God, to put our faith in you right here now, to invite you into our lives, and to involve you in all our situations, all our conditions, all our struggles, and all our cares and worries, being assured of you, not only your presence, but your, your love for us, even as we are. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins. Just